All right, so we're just going to pray and we'll close. <laughs> I think there's some of us adults that need to see the rainbow in the midst of uh, a crazy time, yeah? Um, just needed to check real quick. How many adults are a little bummed out you didn't get a coloring sheet? Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. Um, well, how, uh, how great is it to be here together? Um, I just it, the, the spirit in this place this morning is great. We hope that for you at home, uh, the spirit is right in the center of where you're at, whether in your living room, your office, your family room, um, whether you're in your car or wherever you're at. We, I know some people have been watching from their hot tub. This is why last week I said we can't come to church wearing what we're wearing at home because that just wouldn't work. Um, but we're glad that you're with us. Um, hey, you know what? I was praying about um, just everything that's been going on this week. And um, here's, here's what I have kind of felt like the Holy Spirit was really kind of working me through. Um, anybody been frustrated in this whole thing? Okay, wait a second. Let's be real. Anybody been frustrated during this whole time? Okay, Every, everybody's hand is up. Um, and so I found myself at a place this week where I was frustrated. Um, and um, I felt like the Lord began to show me something um, about the unity of the body of Christ. And um, he used my marriage. Um, and so for those of us that are married in here, you will totally understand this. But if um, my wife... Well, let me just say it this way. If I got everything I wanted, how do you think my wife would, would feel? Not happy, a little frustrated, maybe a little bit. Um, and if my wife got everything she wanted, uh, well, wait a second, she does. Oh, come on. Uh, if my wife got everything that she wanted, um, I would find myself frustrated, yes? And so here is what a healthy marriage looks like. A healthy marriage looks like this. Okay, I'm frustrated. You're frustrated. Um, let's bring it to the Lord. Let's ask God what he's speaking to us individually, and then let's go ahead and give a little Understanding that maybe I'm not getting everything I want, but because I'm willing to give a little and walk in a little bit of frustration, and they're willing to give a little and walk in a little bit of frustration, then the two of us as a married couple can have unity as a couple and actually probably have something greater than what any one of us individually could have. Yes? That's what I've seen in marriages is that when marriages are healthy and working, both partners actually give a little bit, and not everybody's 100% happy, but the two of them together actually are like 150% happy once they understand that dynamic. And I was thinking about with the body of Christ, I know there is frustration. Every single one of us raised our hand when I asked that. I get it in this time. Could it be, church, that God is actually trying to use the frustration to draw us together as the church and help us to realize that it's not just about me? And it's not just about you, but it's actually about us together giving to the point where maybe every single one of us is a little frustrated. Matter of fact, we had a staff meeting and we were discussing, okay, what does opening, reopening look like? What should we do? What should be the practices? And I think that after we had that discussion, we walked out of the room and every single one of us on staff was a little bit mad, a little bit frustrated. Because every single one of us has a different position on this. If you want to know my position, ask me afterwards. I'll let you know exactly where I stand on this. 
But when it comes to a staff, you know what? We have to come together. And what I love about the Shine staff is that we have such diversity in our staff that we actually are catching, uh, I think, all arenas in that. And I was praying and I was going, I was just saying, Lord, why is it that I find myself so frustrated? And I felt like the Lord said, it's because if true unity were to take place in the body of Christ, everybody would give a little bit and there would be a little bit of frustration in order for us to come together as one, as DJ was talking about. What do you think? So um, if you find yourself a little frustrated, instead of being frustrated about the frustration, let's turn it upside down to a rainbow, right? I guess it's not upside down. That'd be a weird rainbow. Uh, let's turn it into a rainbow and, and go, hey, you know what? There's something good in the middle of this, yeah? yeah? Okay. Hey, we are uh, in the, we just started last week a series in the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to tell you right now, I have slated Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. I got through three verses last night, so we'll see where it goes today. I have a feeling we won't get through all of it, um, but I'm going to pray, um, and as I pray, would you just ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister to you uh, through, through this little Bible study we're going to have today. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that um, you love us so much that um, you don't want to leave us where we're at. <laughs> um, and God, I, I, I see that um, the frustration in, in people, I, we can see it all over the world, as, as Pastor DJ just mentioned. We see it all over the world right now. Um, God, help us to understand that maybe you're going to use, we know that you use all things for, for the good who serve, of those who serve you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would, you would use it in us. Help us to... Um, Go to your Holy Spirit and speak to our hearts and what that looks like. And God, I pray that you would just give us clarity and direction uh, during this time. And so, Lord, through this message right now, Lord, I pray that you would use me, communicate your heart. Um, as I often pray, God, may I decrease and you increase in me right now. May the words that come out of my mouth right now speak and penetrate into the hearts, minds, and spirits of everybody listening to me. And Lord, we thank you for that in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 23, so we get the whole context of, of this whole section of Scripture. And here's what I want you to do. Uh, I would like you to close your eyes. I'm not going to put the Scripture on the screens here or at home. I just want you to close your eyes and take in what Paul is writing for not only the church of Ephesus, but for all of us, okay? So take it in. Uh, take it personally to you right now, and take it actually uh, as a corporate body, as Shine Church right now as well. So let's read together, or not read together, let me read it to you. Close your eyes. Um, Ephesians 1.15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. 
who fills everything in every way. And so um, I hope you get the picture of what an incredible prayer this is that Paul is not only praying for the church of Ephesus, but he's praying for each one of us. And the fact that his heart is being poured out um, to God through the Holy Spirit on our behalf. Um, I'd say he's interceding right here for us in regards to the things that he hopes us, that hopes that we will receive and understand. And so uh, let's break it apart a little bit. Ephesians 5, 1, 15 through 16. I'm gonna read that again real quick. For this reason, I'm gonna actually stop right there. For this reason. Um, here's what the word means. It means actually to successfully get across something. Okay, and so I would submit to you this, that what I spoke on last week, and uh, I may be a little biased, but uh, it was good last week. It was good, and if you didn't listen to it, go online, go to our YouTube page, our Facebook page, look up Shine Church CO for Colorado, and you can get that message. But here was, here was the uh, quick summary, and that is this. God moves towards us. There's a lot of verbs and nouns. God moves towards us. That's the verb. The noun is the gift that he wants to give to us. So there's gifts that he gives to us. As a matter of fact, in that section from verse 3 to 14, here's the gifts that he wants to give to us. Blessing, love, adoption, grace, redemption, forgiveness, wisdom, understanding, and revelation. How many of you want those? And here's what's great. In that section of scripture, God moves towards us to give us those gifts and he doesn't require anything from us except that we would trust him, hear him, and believe his word. Man, it's not about what we do or how we do it or being worthy or being good enough or how bad we were or the mistakes we made last night. Or It's solely about what Jesus Christ did for us. Amen. And so I think Paul is saying this, for this reason. In other words, understand that God did all of this. He moved towards us to give us these gifts so that we could then receive the prayer that he has for us. Okay, so he goes into it in Ephesians 1.17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. In some translations, it says, so that you may grow in your knowledge. Okay, so let's break this apart. He says, I ask that the glorious Father would give you the spirit. Okay, if you look that word up in the Greek, it's pneuma, and it's used actually 383 times in the New Testament alone. 383 times. That's a lot, yes? Yes? And it's very important to understand that the Spirit of God is so important to how we live our lives. As a matter of fact, I would submit this, um, as Jesus did, that it was better that he died and rose and left earth temporarily so that we could receive this Spirit. That's the Spirit that he's talking about. May this Spirit give us, okay? Okay. Um, it's the same word that is used in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, where it says tongues of fire, that the spirit fell down, the spirit, the pneuma, fell down upon the disciples and uh, began to speak or, or enabled them to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them. Acts 2, 4, read that, Acts 2, 4, and it's used twice right there in that verse, and it's the same word, and we know, if you, if, if you know anything about Acts, what happened at that point is great 
powerful things happen, yes? They started speaking in other tongues. Other people of other languages started to understand what they were saying. Peter gets up and starts to preach a message and says that 3,000 people were added to their number that day. 3,000 people that day. I mean, it went from about 120 people to 3,000. That's powerful. And it's the same spirit that Paul is actually speaking over us. And so here's my question to you. We are celebrating Pentecost today. Today. If you remember Jesus, um, raises from the dead, he shows himself to the disciples on and off for 40 days. And then he says, right before he ascends into heaven, he tells, um, he tells the disciples, hey, wait for me. And this is in the last chapter of Luke. He says, wait for me and you will be clothed with power. Clothed with power. And so they go into this upper room. They don't know how long to wait. Can you imagine? They go together. They get in this room. They're just hanging out. They're just praying together. And they're just sitting there waiting. Okay, so for the next 10 days, nobody gets to leave. <laughs> Nervous laughter. <laughs> we get out right now. Um, can you imagine? And they had no idea. But here's what happens suddenly. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire falls upon each one of the disciples, and all of a sudden, that pneuma, that power starts to take place. And so, I, here, here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm wondering. Church, on this Pentecost Sunday, do you want the Holy Spirit to fall? Do you want the Holy Spirit to fall upon you or come upon you and empower you in incredible ways? What would that look like? Okay, so, um, hey, we're back so I can interact a little bit. So, come on, help me out here. If the power of God started to fall in this room, what would it look like? Just shout out a couple things. Joy. Ooh, that's a good one. I love that. Joy. Joy would hit us, yeah? That would be amazing. What else? Praise. We would praise, right? If the Holy Spirit fell, I, I love that. What else? Love. Oh, that's a great answer. I love that. Absolutely. Love would happen. Earlier on, uh, you know, I love it. The second part of, of 15 and 16, it actually says that he was thanking people um, for the faith that they had and the love for people. Man, that's the, that's the two great commandments right there. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength, and love others. And he actually says that the church in Ephesus, the people that he was writing this letter to, was actually doing that. And I found myself this week actually thinking about you guys going, you know what, I think this church loves well. I think they love one another well. I think they love God. And I love that. Um, and so I'm grateful for you guys. Actually, God convicted me and said, you need to be more thankful for them. Instead of getting caught up in all the, Lord, lead me, Lord, me, how about you just pray for thanksgiving and gratefulness for the people you got? And the fact that, um, okay, I'm just getting off on a rabbit trail. So, love, good answer. Yes, another one. Signs and wonders. Okay, I think that that's probably where most people would go to, signs and wonders, maybe healing, right? Um, maybe just powerful words, prophecy and those kind of things. And absolutely, that happened at that time. So that, without a doubt, that's there. But um, could it be, church, that when we say, do we want the Holy Spirit to come and fall upon us, that we actually have a preset mindset of what that would look like? Anybody? 
And so when it doesn't happen in the way that we think it's gonna happen, then we get discouraged or maybe disillusioned, and then we go, well, you know what, the Holy Spirit's actually not, not falling the way that, it, that he did in, in that time. And church, I, I have been just praying and wrestling through this, um, and here's, I'm just gonna be completely vulnerable with you guys. Here's, um, here's the question I've been asking myself. Do I really want it? Do I really want it? Do I really want the Holy Spirit to come and fall upon me and empower me? Let me ask you that are here today, do you really want it? Do you really want the Holy Spirit more than that house you've been looking at, that car that you're driving, that opinion that you have, the toys that you go after, the food that you eat, the relationships that you have? Let me ask again, do you want the Holy Spirit to call, fall upon you? Oh, all of a sudden, a little hesitation. Not as overwhelming, because here's, here's the truth. If the Holy Spirit really, truly fell and started to actually come upon us and actually guide us and lead us and direct us, he may ask us to do things that put us out of our comfort zone, yes? And I'm gonna be completely honest, I don't know if I really wanna do that. To my staff, do you guys really want to do that? Because it's going to take us out of the place of our comfort. And we like to be comfortable. But here's what I know. That when the Holy Spirit fell on those disciples, um, their lives were never the same again. And they were no longer in a place of comfort. As a matter of fact, they went from place to place with persecution and hardship and trials. And yet it says in the Bible that they counted it worthy of the cross of Christ that they would go through those things. Church, are you really there? Pentecost Sunday, do you really want the Holy Spirit to fall? <laughs> it's a good question to ask. And my hope and my heart is that we would all wrestle with this. And here's what it's looking like for me in my life. I'm finding that in this time and in what's going on, um, for the Holy Spirit to empower and actually fall on me, um, he's saying right now, I wanna fall in your life in humility. I can't get away from humility. I can't get away from verses that talk about humility. I can't get away from um, the fact that it, later on in Ephesians, we're gonna study this out, but it says this, that we are to walk with one another in complete humility. Okay, let me tell you right now that if I started walking in complete humility, my wife would go, okay, the Holy Spirit has come upon that man. <laughs> yes? Man, what is the area in your life that the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to you and saying, hey, where, do, where, where is it in my life that you wanna fall, that you wanna come upon me and empower me in a way that normally I would not walk? And don't get caught up in healings or word of knowledge or words of prophecy or just the things that we think it should be, but actually go before God and ask him, God, what is it that you have for me on this Pentecost Sunday? If your Holy Spirit actually fell upon me, what is it that you would actually ask of me? What would you want to empower me to do? Because here's what I know. The Holy Spirit doesn't fall upon us so that we get glory. The Holy Spirit falls upon us so he gets glory. Amen? It's not about us, church. It's not about us. And I don't like that. 
I want it to be about me. That's my flesh. And man, God is trying to pull that from me and rip that out of me and help me to realize, man, it's, it's about him. It's about him. That power, to be clothed in power. What does that look like? Man, I think we just have this mindset that it means that we're going around healing people. Man, to be clothed in power. How about this? How about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians? How about we're clothed in those things before we heal anybody? Let's be clothed in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and self-care. How about that first? Oh, come on, guys. Say amen. Help me out here. Okay. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation. How many of you want wisdom and revelation? Okay. At home, I hope all of you want wisdom and revelation because only about half of us in this room do. I think every single person wants wisdom and revelation. As a matter of fact, I would submit that one of the reasons the great interweb, internet, Google, all those things, one of the reasons that so many people go to those things is because they're seeking wisdom and revelation. Yes? They're trying to get information. We live in an information society where information is at the fingertips of just a few um, keystrokes on the key, keypad or your keyboard. Yes? And what are we looking for? Sometimes we're looking for entertainment, but a lot of times we're looking for wisdom or revelation to what's going on so that we can get an understanding of what's taking place. And church, I want to submit to all of you right here, right now, that wisdom and revelation, this wisdom and revelation that Paul is praying for, only comes through the Holy Spirit. It only comes through the Holy Spirit. Because even if you go online and find something good, it's secondhand revelation. It's something that was given to another man or woman and then you're reading it and so now you're getting secondhand revelation or secondhand wisdom. And Paul is praying that we wouldn't get secondhand wisdom and revelation, but that we would get firsthand wisdom and revelation. I want firsthand wisdom and revelation. I hope that you do too. I hope that there's something stirring in your heart that goes, I need to get that firsthand wisdom and revelation. Now, why do we get it? So that we can grow in our knowledge of him. So that we can grow in our knowledge of him. If you look that word up, the knowledge there, the knowledge is this, to actually interact with the person or thing and actually know it intimately. It's not about book knowledge. It's not about head knowledge. It's actually about a walking, talking relationship. And what Paul is saying is this. I pray that the Spirit would empower you, would begin to show you the areas in your life that I want to give you wisdom and revelation. Why? So that you will know your Lord and Savior more. So that your walking, talking relationship would be more alive. Now, here's what the enemy does. And man, I'm just going to speak personally again. At the beginning of all this whole corona thing, I challenged people and whoever wanted to do it with me to read the Bible in 60 days. And so um, here I am reading through the Bible and I was reading and we finished just last Saturday and it was amazing. Went through this, read for somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half every single day. And here was the trap that the enemy wanted to start or started using in me. Well, I just spent an hour or an hour and a half with the Lord reading his word. 
And so now I can move on to my day. And here's what I found after 60 days. I got a whole, whole lot of head knowledge, but I don't know if I heard a single or very many things from the Holy Spirit because I just filled in with knowledge. And the word of God says that knowledge puffs up. And my wife says, that's why he's so prideful. Man, isn't that just like the enemy of our heart and our soul is that he would actually use what looks like a really good thing, which is getting in the word. And I want you all to get into your word. Please don't mistake what I'm saying. We need to be reading this Bible. We need to get into this instruction manual, but we have to understand that we have to give God time. We have to come for a portion of our quiet times in the morning or in the evening or whenever you do it. And you have to give him liberty to speak to you. And don't read the word of God just to get more information, but read the word of God and ask him, Holy Spirit, what do you want to empower me today through what I'm reading? And then when he starts to download to you, man, take that in and begin to be challenged by that. And then when he does that, you need to step out and activate what he's telling you. And let me just finish by telling you how this played out this week for me. All right, so we have our staff meeting on Tuesday, and as I shared earlier, I think everybody left that meeting a little frustrated because, again, the give, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me, hey, this is, this is where the unity comes, and so I kind of went up on a high on Wednesday, but by Wednesday night, I was kind of like, I don't like this, and you know, back on a low, and so then Thursday morning, we get together with all the pastors of the community, and just so you know, all the pastors of the community, we're all over the place. I have one pastor that goes, hey, just so you know, we've been actually meeting for the last four weeks. What? And then we have other pastors like, yeah, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not going to meet yet. I, just even in the pastor's group. But here's what's great. We love one another, and nobody judges one another. And so, uh, but I still go, man, it's even here. The place where I find great comfort with this group of men. I, man, here we are. This frustration is even here. And so people start praying, and I'm just like gurgling in this frustration. And they're praying, and I'm like, I'm not praying. Uh, anybody else? Anybody ever find yourself just irritable? So I'm here praying with a group of pastors, and I'm irritable. Holy Spirit speaks to me. Okay, when I say Holy Spirit speaks to me, um, you know, it's not an um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's that thought that starts to resonate and, and ruminate in your mind. And all of a sudden, this thought, Holy Spirit starts speaking, I want you to pray that I would protect the body of Christ from division. Let's take the world out of this. We have so many different opinions right here in our own church, in the body of Christ, the Castle Rock, Douglas County, Colorado. We have so many different opinions. Man, we have to pray for the protection of the unity of the body. And so I start praying. I pray for you guys. I pray for the other churches in this community. And I'm praying that no matter where we find ourselves on the pendulum swing of this thing, that we would come to him and be okay with a little frustration so that we can get to that unity as the body of Christ. And I pray that. And the pastors are saying, amen. And, no, that's not how it really went. Um, <laughs> but I get done praying, and all of a sudden, all that irritation, all that gurgling was gone. It was gone. Church, when he says, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be given to each one of us so that we would grow in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior, He's not just going to magically 
touch you and all of a sudden go, okay, now you're there. He's actually going to touch you. He's going to speak to you. And he's going to ask of you to step out in something that is going to be uncomfortable and something that you may not want to do. I'm asking you, will you go before the Lord and will you say, Holy Spirit, will you speak to me? And will you give me understanding? Will you give me revelation? Will you give me wisdom to what you want me to do in this relationship, in this family, in this work situation, in this church situation, in whatever it is, will you go to him and ask him and let the power of God fall into your life, but then step out in obedience to what he's asking you to do? And I would even submit this, that when he speaks to you, it may be the most irritable you are right then. Whether it's from the enemy, because he wants to not have you do it, or whether it's from the Holy Spirit because he's trying to, you know what, it's not fun when they refine gold. If you're a piece of gold and you got to go into the fire so that all the junk can come up to the top, that's going to hurt. Can you imagine, what do you think it looked like when they were waiting for the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire started to approach them? Do you think they were like, oh yeah, come on. I would have been like, holy cow, fires are about to hit me. And fire hurts. Yeah. I never thought of that until last night actually. What would that have looked like? All of a sudden you see tongues of fire. I don't know if I would have been like, okay, come on. I would have been like, no, it's going to hurt. And when the Holy Spirit starts to move, I think our flesh is going to go, no, it's going to hurt. But our spirit's going to go, yes. And when we step out and we actually go ahead and activate what he's empowering us with, that's when, that's when the breaking happens. That's when Pentecost happens. Can you imagine if the disciples would have had that moment and then they would have just stayed in the upper room? They went out. And so church, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you to give you wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And as he begins to speak to you, step out into what he tells you to do. Amen? Father God, thank you so much for, I thank you for this prayer. I thank you for the fact that um, in one verse, we just spent 30 minutes talking about the things that you want for us. One verse, God. One verse that could challenge us for the rest of our lives. One verse that could change how we interact with one another. One verse that could actually bring the light into this world in just supernatural ways. One verse that comes in and challenges us to the point of of a decision where we have to decide whether we want to go with what our flesh says or what you're asking us to do in the spirit. And so, Lord, I pray that you would come and speak individually to every person, every person listening to me, whether they're at home or here live. God, I pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would begin to give direction and speak that pneuma. God, help us to break the mindset of what we think that power looks like and help us to open our hearts and our minds and our spirit to walk in the powerful ways that you have for us. Whatever that looks like, whatever the thing is that you want to clothe us in power with, God, we ask for it and we say yes. Come and clothe us in power and God help us to have the boldness and the courage to step out in the thing that you're asking us to walk out in so that we may activate that power. 
God, may we be a church that is activated through the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you for that. In your name, amen.